Hello and welcome to For Against, a podcast for new friends produced by old friends. I'm your host, Mike McFadden. Joining me today are Patrick Lothian, Robbie Silver, and Mike Winan. Guys, thanks so much for joining me today. Doing it again. Hi, Mike. All right. Hi, Rob. Hi, energy. Hi, Very good. Since we're recording two episodes at a time now, I thought it'd be weird to go around and find out what's going on in everybody's life since we literally did that 30 minutes ago. That's Steve's dog <laughs> coming in on Pat's microphone. Uh, instead, I thought we'd each share something uh, that has uh, brought us value in the past week. Um, this could be a movie or a show that we're enjoying, a new app that we are uh, getting value from, a book or a gizmo or a gadget or really anything. Um, could be esoteric, like a framework for thinking. Um, to kick us off, I'm going to go first uh, guys i have recently found an app called readwise um have any of you used readwise before no sir yes you have pat robbie no i don't know what that yeah. is all right so readwise mm -hmm. is an app that allows you uh, to connect your uh, amazon kindle account um, an instapaper account and then a, a number of other sort of literary uh, devices uh not not in like the the, the writing sense, but like literally, you know, devices that you use to consume literature. Um, and every morning it will send you uh, five things that you have highlighted. And so it's a way to sort of become reacquainted with the things that you have read. And that I have found to be uh, quite useful um, and interesting. And also, you know, like when I finish a book, I oftentimes like never go back to it, but know that like, hey, I spent all this time highlighting things while I was reading. I wish, I wish that that actually was useful. For the first time, this has uh, actually been useful. And now I could see, like, it sort of encouraged me to want to keep reading and highlighting more because I know that this will sort of be like a, a trove of, of value over time. Is that something that people do often is highlight? Or do you highlight because you're a teacher or do you highlight just because that's how people typically read? Well, when I'm reading uh, nonfiction, if I like read a quote that is interesting or like meaningful or it provides some sort of an insight, I like I started doing it because it was a feature in the Kindle. And like literally I've had a Kindle for, I don't know, probably close to 10 years, like <laughs> it like never brought me value. And so I, I'll be honest for the past three or four years, like I haven't been highlighting a lot. But it's it's cool to see all of these things that I have read um, in the past. It's like you have to have a device that has that feature built in. Um, I know Medium.com um, that platform allows you to highlight, um, and so, you know the Kindle does. Instapaper is an app that allows you like forward a blog post to it, so like you can mark it up there. Um, so for me, I had been doing it, but not really ever having like a, a real you know reason to do it. But now. I'm like, oh, I'm definitely going to keep highlighting. Fascinating. That's cool. All right. Wynan, anything uh, that has brought you value this week? Yeah, I, I uh, uh, recently uh, adopted a rescue dog. Um, his name is Lawrence K. Roscoe Esquire, private eye for hire. Uh, goes by Roscoe. Um, his law license, it's a complicated thing. But um, <laughs> he... Um, uh, you know, we've been buying all these toys for him. He kind of had a rough go in life before he came with us and wanted to see which toys he likes and which one he didn't and get get a sense of, of what's um, what's uh, what's he all about. Uh, we may have gone a little overboard because we love him so much, but uh, I'm recommending the Kong Wild Knots Bear toy. Uh, he <laughs> loves this thing to death. And um, 
but he can't kill it, which he's killed a couple of these other toys <laughs> by eating them. So it's is it got, like a stuffed toy? Or it, what, it looks what, like a teddy bear, but inside okay. the teddy bear, there's a squeaky toy in there and it's got ropes on the inside. So because mm -hmm. he likes to tug like all dogs, it tugs a little bit, but there are these tight <laughs> ropes around it. So you can play it as a tug toy. It's a squeak toy. It's a, he won't go to bed without it because it's soft. It's got really all the perfect things about a, it's got like different parts of it have different textures, which he's into. Um, and so uh, if you have a dog, I recommend purchasing a few of the Kong wild, not bear dog toys. Uh, Cause they're <laughs> like eight bucks. And even if he was going to destroy it, you could just get another one. But uh, so far right. it's held up pretty well. Cool. Thank you. Uh, Robbie. Uh, so uh, I don't brought you value this week. I don't binge a lot of TV shows, but this past week my wife and I binged the Amazon Prime show Upload. Have you guys heard of this? Yeah, mm -hmm. I have not. So Amazon is sneakily under the radar for good programming. Uh, definitely recommend it. It is a show about uh, it's com it's a comedic show about the digital afterlife. So people before they die, if they're about to die, they can upload their consciousness into their own version of heaven or some version of an afterlife, but it's their actual consciousness. So they can still communicate digitally with people on earth. They can, you know, roam digital fields and, and all sorts of things that they can create. Uh, really an interesting idea created by Greg Daniels, who created one of the creators of The Office. So it has some mm -hmm. of that quirkiness into it. Um, but it was 10 episodes. Is it a comedic show or is it like a drama? No, it's, what, it's, what's it's the comedic. There are parts that are dramatic, but overall it's more lighthearted. Like death. Yeah. It, <laughs> there, there are, oh, actually there, there is a cameo of, I, I won't give it away. There's a very brief cameo of one of the characters from the office. Um, so that was fun to see, but <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Is it Stanley? We'll just have to watch and find out. But so okay. Pat, you, you saw this show? Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it just again, I don't watch that many shows, but this is one that I cranked through in a matter of a few days and really liked it. Yeah, I agree with you that Amazon has sort of under the radar become a, a pretty big player in original content. Mm -hmm. Well, you said sneaky, and I would suggest Sneaky Pete from Amazon. That is a very good show. Miss Maisel is also a delight. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Indeed. Patrick, what, uh, what's brought you value this week? Um, so I don't know if you guys have heard of AppSumo. Um, yes. It is Noah Kagan. No, no. It is a uh, <laughs> website where they have um, basically insane deals for digital products online. Um, so maybe it's, it's something that helps you organize all of your social media situation and usually it would be like a thousand dollars for the package they're giving you and it's 50. Um, so it's definitely something to check out and then they also have a free section and in the free section uh, was a app that let you download like hundreds of different contracts depending on your situation. So like if I was going to do web design for a client they have a contract for it and it's all free. And so I would suggest checking out AppSumo and uh, seeing if any of the free or other paid goodies, everything is under $50. Um, and there's, there's usually some good stuff on there. So I would take a look at it. Very cool. 
All right. Thank you very much. So now it's time to play for or against. You know how it works. One of us presents a topic. We re-examine that topic uh, or over-examine that topic and determine uh, if we are for or against it. Let's start off with Robbie. What do you got for us today? Milk as an adult beverage. (laughs) Uh, People, you know, as we grow up, we're children. We drink milk uh, as babies. We drink milk as, as young people. And then there's a certain point where you're an adult. And then some adults continue to drink milk and some don't. So, so when you say adult beverage, you don't mean like spiked milk, right? I don't mean spiked milk. No alcohol is involved. I don't mean milk in any form other than its purest form as milk <laughs> and an adult <laughs> drinking that milk. I don't mean no, milk. So just an adult <laughs> drinking milk, not. <laughs> yes. not, not milk as an ingredient in anything else, just milk being drunk by an adult human being. All right. You're pacing this. So why don't you pick who you want to speak? Uh, Wynan, why don't you get us started here? Ooh, um, uh, I do not drink milk as an adult. Um, <laughs> as I said last week, uh, it's extremely hot in Texas. And I, I won't <laughs> quote Anchorman because I don't think it, it's back. It's appropriate but, uh, given the circumstances. <laughs> uh, I can't ever imagine a time where I'm like, you know what I want? A nice tall glass of juice that came out of a cow. Uh, but I will put oh, it in my coffee. cow milk. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that changes everything. Uh, yeah. So you're against milk. I'm against it. All right. Uh, Robbie, you're still pacing. I'm still pacing. Low, uh, Patrick, how about you? I'm trying to decide if I'm for or against it. So it gives me heartburn, and I'm against heartburn. So, I'm so I guess we should start. We should start. You do drink milk as an adult, then? Uh, no, I did yesterday. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're not an adult yesterday. <laughs> no, not well. By my act, I was not. So we have milk for our coffee. We have an, an espresso, I love uh, which that is thing. delicious. And so somebody put the milk back, and there was literally like four drops in there. So I pulled it out and my wife and sister-in-law were there and I drank it out of the carton and it kind of poured on my face situation because uh, I knew that that would gross them out. So I did drink some milk and I mean, look, it was good, but the heartburn. So I'm against, I guess. <laughs> it wasn't worth it. Oh, okay. It's not worth it. So I definitely grew up in a, a household where it's like you had milk with like every meal for some reason. And in my adulthood, I have milk with almost zero meals. We used to, as children, like go to the white hen at the corner and get like two gallons of milk at a time, like multiple times a week. And now I get a half gallon of milk and it lasts, usually it goes bad before we use it all. Mm -hmm. Um, So my my practice is that I'm against it. Um, and I think I'm actually against it. Um, like in hindsight, my mom used to serve us, uh, like, you know, frozen pizzas, you know, that were cooked, but you know, they, they come frozen from the store and then we would always drink it with milk. And so it was oh. like cheese with dairy. And I don't know, in my adulthood, that seems like a bad, uh, combination. So I uh, think I'm would, against, do you know if they're still drinking milk with meals? I don't know. I should I should find out. Like, I don't know. I think that there was like a complete and utter lack of understanding around anything having to do with nutrition yeah. in like the 80s and yeah. 90s. And that really only came online recently. Basically, everything I ate as a child was heavily processed. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I'm against milk. I wonder, <laughs> I wonder if the reason that you guys drank so much milk as young people was what you just said. During the 80s and 90s, there was this got milk campaign. People mm-hmm. were heavily influenced by the milk industry. You say, oh, milk, it does about it good. Let's drink it up. I wonder if that would be the case for families growing up today. And obviously, you're a young family, McFadden, and, and you're not uh, continuing in the footsteps of your parents. So, well, well, I take that. Well, I should say, like, we're definitely giving my son more milk than we consume. And so, but that's coming from the advice of our pediatrician. But your, mil- um, your son is not an adult. You're missing the topic. That's milk correct. is as an adult <laughs> beverage. So let me just jump <laughs> yes, in right my here. My son is a one-year-old baby. I am so against milk as an adult beverage. <laughs> Nothing like just the visual of an adult man with a tall glass of milk. It's suspicious. It to his lips. It's so suspicious. And you know, there's just something a little bit off there and maybe not fully off, but just a little bit. I mean, it, it, at its furthest circumstance, I'm reminded of the McPoyles in the TV show, always sunny. Didn't they, oh, yeah. they love to drink milk? Um, if I, and by the way, I like milk in a lot of forms. Again, coffee, fine. And putting it into various desserts and, and baked goods and things of that nature, fine. Ingredients and other forms of food, fine. Big fan of ice cream. Ice cream, of course, love ice cream. But milk in a glass, an adult human being drinking it, no. And, and I think by the time you're 13 years old, if you have your bar mitzvah, you're no longer allowed to drink milk. That's the rule. <laughs> well, Pat never had a bar mitzvah, so uh, he can still have milk. Exactly. Uh, I will say before we end this segment, there's a brand called Promise Land Milk. Put it in with your Nespresso, Pat, and it's gonna change your life. Promise Land is is far and away the greatest milk product I've I, ever had. I think that might be what we use. It's so good. Very good. All right. You know right, what? What makes it even better is when you just drink it straight. Oh, <laughs> wait a second. <laughs> I never thought about that. Uh, Pat, why don't you tell us, uh, share, share with us your topic? So my topic is um, self-driving cars. So the idea, like, would you ever, well, I guess I'll just leave it up to you. Self-driving cars. I'm going to start with Fred. <laughs> okay. No, Fred. Oh, okay. Then Robbie. So, yeah, I'm not sure if you're talking about self-driving cars, where they are today or we, where we expect them to be in 10 or 20 years from now. But as a whole, I'm for self-driving cars. Uh, it's a weird one for me because I actually really enjoy driving. I like being behind the wheel, putting my foot on the accelerator, steering the vehicle. I like that feeling. But I think that in the future, it will make things a lot more efficient and really a lot safer, which is a big thing for me, to be able to reduce total accidents and... Also, it'd be kind of cool to just sit in the back seat and read a book or watch a show or catch up on email while you're being driven around by nobody. Four. Okay. How about Wynand? Uh Yeah, I'm super four. I think it's the future and we all just need to get behind it. Um, it's going to be super safe. I remember the days when I didn't have a driver's license and the three of you did and you guys drove me around all the time mm-hmm. and that was really fun. Um, I didn't get my driver's <laughs> license until I was 18. Um, and so, um, I could say from experience of not having to think about where you're driving is, it's great. I think, um, uh, particularly in, in cities like mine in Austin, which we don't have great public transportation, um, you know, self-driving Ubers and things are going to really act, 
reduce the cost of those things and really make it so that people can get where they want to go um, efficiently. And um, it's going to open up um, the roads and, and, and actually have less people on the road, I think, um, in the end. So lots and lots of benefits and, and let's just embrace it. Uh, and do you remember uh, in high school when I drove you home for the first time <laughs> and I asked you, how do I get to your house? And you said, I don't know. <laughs> we got there. I we will point that there. out. We did get there. And it's on one road. Actually, there's yeah. no turns. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How about, coin. <laughs> yeah. how about Mike McFadden? Um, so I agree with everything that has been said so far, but I have another angle. Um, I'm a, an investor in Tesla and have been since 2008. And, uh, Early investor. Huge. An early investor. Um, and when I say investor, I mean, I bought a couple of shares of stock when I got my first job and had some amount of disposable income. Um, but, you know, they are, uh, so I've, I've been sort of tuned to this topic for a long time and they are definitely sort of leading in the uh, the race to achieve full autonomy. And um, from an investor standpoint, if they can achieve that and then their entire fleet of a million Teslas can become um, essentially Ubers that don't have the overhead of paying a driver, that's going to you know, be really great for me. Um, I also can envision a scenario in which you could buy a car and then you could add it to like the Tesla Uber fleet right. and then it earns you revenue while you're at work. And so I would love if mm. I was able to get like a really awesome car that was environmentally friendly that actually paid for itself and potentially earned me more income you know, than it cost me to get it, which then also increases, you know, the, the stock price. So I'm definitely for, um, full driving or, uh, for <clears throat> autonomous cars. Although I am curious, um, how big the lawsuit is going to be when there's a circumstance where the car has to decide which person to run into because Trolley it problem. can't avoid. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that'll be interesting to see. So in that scenario, I'm against McFadden. That was an unintentional yeah. throwback to the TV show Upload on Amazon, which I'm a big fan of. There is that exact oh. situation. They're in a self-driving car uh, and the car has to decide. What do you do? I think I'm not going to watch that show. I'm just going to call you, Rob, and you're going to tell me the plot of every episode. And I think I'd like that more. It killed the man. <laughs> <laughs> So, All right, Pat, what do you think? So we'll start well, back to you. McFadden, are you for or against Elon Musk 2020? <laughs> I'm I'm for. Okay. He's a complete I, nutso. so. Well, yes and no, but uh <laughs> I think his history I, history will show that the world was better off for having had him than not. Like Edison. Yes, I agree. It, 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 there's no such person that exists who is, you know, without controversy or flaw. Mm -hmm. um, I think his, uh, the, the things that he is doing in terms of advancing sustainability and trying to get us to Mars are, are great things for um, the species. I, I will on. say, of, I have no idea what the bad things that Edison did, so I'm, I'm retracting that statement. He was terrible. <laughs> he was probably a bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> and he was specifically terrible to Nikola Tesla, ironically, mm -hmm. or maybe fittingly. Anyway, um, anyone else, Pat, did you share yeah. what you think about I am, the Times Crescent? I'm very for, except for when it snows. I don't know how, you, how do you get it to work when it snows? Like, <laughs> what's that about? <laughs> what? <laughs> Like the, because you need to see like the road that needs to see the road to be able to 
like drive and if it's all snow <laughs> tell me McFadden go <laughs> in the same way that people are able to drive well okay so no but Pat we brings have... up a, no. all right no so pat brings up a good point because there's two approaches to autonomous driving one is using um like lidar and like other sort of like radio signals that bounce off of things then the other is using um advanced vision vision technologies and so if you watch some of the videos that um, tesla's put out um with a surprising and a sort of impressive degree of accuracy, they're able to sort of in real time map out the road, just using the cameras that are built into the car. Um, but they also, you know, couple that with, uh, you know, GPS and then, uh, so they're, they're using, um, AI technologies to create a neural network to sort of help the decision making in real time. So I, I, I think that they're not going to, um, like run the cars autonomously if they can't see. <laughs> I think they've thought. I think they've they thought through that problem. Well, that, they probably well, just turn it off into manual mode. Well, that's what I'm wondering is because like all of this industry is in California where it's always sunny all the time and the roads aren't obstructed by snow. So like, are they going to be able to have self-driving cars in like Alaska? during half the year or is that just never going to be well, a thing probably be, there, there will probably be remote parts of the world that don't benefit from you know full autonomy but my guess is that this is going to be most important to uh you know the cities where you know traffic congestion is is a problem or trucking i think it'd be good and yeah yeah long haul trucking very good what about right, when it snows <laughs> <laughs> Plows, <laughs> salt, <laughs> waiting. <laughs> Wine, let's go on to your topic because I don't want to talk about snow anymore. <laughs> All right. My topic is of uh, one that I, I never would have thought I would have been interested in uh, maybe a couple years ago, and that is professional wrestling. I am a uh, man in his uh, mid-30s and am now starting to, to get into that. Uh, here in Austin, there is a uh, independent wrestling group called Party World Wrestling, with an R and no <laughs> with an W, a? Um, and it is really a, a fantastic time. They pack in a brewery here with about twenty two hundred people every time they do a show, um, and the storylines that they're able to uh, create within this within this framework of wrestling, even though we all know that it's not actual people fighting um, is more performance art than it is any kind of athletic event. But I'll say that the, um, the work that goes into these shows is so evident. Like these people have real lives and real jobs, but yet they're in peak physical condition and, and they're doing this comedy show that is also wrestling, which I think is the best thing that is in town and probably the best, um, you know, independent show that I've seen. Uh, you also, since I can you also remember. live in Austin, Texas, where they Austinify everything. So it's probably like the coolest <laughs> version of professional professional wrestling there can be. It's super cool. Yeah, and yeah. like on this topic, are you specifically talking about this form of professional wrestling? No, or but but so that has actually opened up my eyes to like the whole idea of 
the storylines of of professional mm-hmm. wrestling and i was never into wwe or wwf or wcw or any of those things as a kid but i know people who are and i now understand where they were coming from in that you don't need it to be um you don't need to know so just because they know who's going to win doesn't mean the storylines aren't important and it's just like reality television before there was reality television um and wanted to get your thoughts if you guys are open to that idea or if you think wrestling is just for uh, kids in remedial math. <laughs> Who would That's you like to go fired. Oh, yeah. Uh, Patrick, why don't you start? Um, what you explained sounds like interesting enough, but the whole, like, because I've seen like bits and pieces of like the big wrestling shows and I just don't understand it. Like, I get that there's a storyline there, but it just doesn't seem like a good storyline it it it's like badly acted and over the top but i could understand if it was like more of a show where it was like fun and comedy that that could be interesting but i as uh, generally i'm against hmm. uh, how about you robert i'll jump in here yeah uh i'm not violently for professional wrestling okay. but I'm i'm for it uh, I've got no problem with it, and I think you make a really good point. It, you know, this is serving a purpose. There are a lot of people who love wrestling. I don't think there's any reason why we need to judge it. In you know, some people like Star Wars. Some people think Star Wars is stupid, like McFadden. There, <laughs> some people like wrestling. Some people think it's stupid. It, it, they serve its purpose. They they appeal to different audiences. Um, so are you saying we have to be for everything because somebody likes it? I am for professional wrestling existing. I just am not going to watch it myself. How about you, Mike? So I actually was thinking similarly to, to Robbie. And so I'm going to actually tie this back to my Readwise um, comment from earlier. So I, I found a quote the other day, resurfaced a quote. It was from Anthony Bourdain. And it was something to the effect, I'm paraphrasing, if you're too lazy to um, peel your own garlic, you don't deserve garlic. And that to me is an example of somebody who's like so incredibly passionate about something that I have never given any thoughts to. And I, maybe this is just comes with maturity, but I have a, a respect for that. Whereas uh, I think if I were younger, I would say that's stupid. Like who cares? It's just garlic. You can use the pre the pre cut stuff. So people that are willing to dedicate, um, you know, an inordinate amounts of time to to something like professional wrestling. Um, I, I think is, is admirable. And then I also think I fell into a trap when I was younger. I think a lot of people fell into this. Of like the whole wrestling is fake thing. It's like yes, the 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 they're not actually like in a physical melee trying to kill each other, but they are actually like jumping off of twenty foot ladders and punching each other and doing incredibly ridiculous athletic feats. And so, uh, Mike, I think I'm for it. I have I have an unexpected newfound appreciation for the art form that is professional wrestling. Mike I, I didn't anticipate. And by the way, <laughs> if I visit you in Austin again in the future, I would love to see this show. It sounds no, it's awesome. so fun. Uh, go to their uh, Patreon or something, Party World Wrestling with an R, and, and uh, support them if you can. Cool. Very cool. All right. So I think it's my turn now. Um, 
in episode one, um, Pat, you had made a statement that uh, you didn't understand all of the alternative modes of transportation that weren't bicycles. This is a, in reference to the Elliptico 3C, the sort of cross-country skiing things, the uh, recumbent bicycles. And what I'd like to present to you guys is the Super 73. For our listeners, uh, the Super 73 is something that you should really look up. Um, it's sort of a California-esque mini bike that sort of harkens back to like the, the 70s, um, only it's powered both by pedals and lithium-ion batteries. So guys, did you get a chance to look at the Super 73 link that I shared? Yes. Yes. All right, Wine, and what do you think about the Super 73? So bikes and I have a long history. Um, I didn't get my driver's license. A lot of lot of uh, things we're learning. I didn't get my driver's license until I was uh, 18. But I also have yet to learn how to ride a bike. Um, okay. Just never came up. Um, but <laughs> this thing has super duper fat wheels, like, like absurdly fat wheels, which make it look yes. dumb. But I, do, I you're gonna say cool. <laughs> but I think I could get up on one of these things with very without having to know how to ride a bike, and I think I could do it. So that actually All excites right. me a lot. Uh, the fact that it's electrified um, is less exciting to me. The range here on these things that they're saying on the website is not that impressive. It's like 30 miles, and then you have to wait five hours to charge it again. Um, but, if you ride 30 um, miles and it dies, can you still keep pedaling like a normal bike? I think you can, yeah. yeah. But it's yeah. probably not easy because you've yeah, got a battery heavy. on there. It's probably heavy as hell. Um, it's more like an electric moped that looks like an old school mini bike. I'm on board with it. I'm going to have to really think about like my my clothing choices when I get on this thing to not look like a complete moron. But uh, I would love to take one of these things out for a ride if I can. And I'd also like to think, feel if you guys think that I could actually ride this thing. I, was, I think you could. I was there when you tried to learn as an adult. And I, <laughs> I'm pretty sure you hurt yourself. Um, but I, I think you could do it. I think you just need the right people around you. And a giant, giant wheels like this. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe like a Super 73 sidecar, so you don't have to worry about... Ooh, you know, yeah. Ooh. You guys can drive me around, just like the old yeah. days. <laughs> no, you could drive it, and you could put your dog in the sidecar. Ah, Roscoe. Yes. Yes. All right, Robbie, what do you think? McFadden, question. How fast does this thing go? I think they get up to like 20-ish miles an hour in the right conditions. And is the, the goal... Snow? In the snow, yeah. Is it... <laughs> <laughs> Is this supposed to be? It doesn't work. In is this supposed to be ridden around city streets or on long bike paths or out in the country? What's the idea? That's one of the that's one of the controversial aspects of this. Is I think that um, the advent of like electrified bicycles sort of falls into a gray area from like a legal standpoint. Um, I, I think you can I, I think you can ride them wherever a bicycle goes, and so this would be sort of an alternative form of uh, transportation to like a, a bike. Okay. <clears throat> I'm So wherever you would normally bike, like you're not going to go like on a, you know, I, I think you'd probably go under five miles. So in New York city, we have a biker problem, meaning that people who, and by the way, I love my bicycle. I love riding it, but a lot of people who ride bikes in New York city, I uh, don't care about anyone else. 
Uh, they don't care about the pedestrians. They don't care about the cars. And I'm concerned, especially when you have something that's electrified like this, that people in New York are just going to breeze past crosswalks and, and seriously injure people. Uh, and that might already be happening. So that's my concern. <laughs> but I like the idea of this. I love the biking component. I love the electrified component. I just, I just don't know where I would use this. If it's in the right scenario, it seems really fun to ride. And maybe it goes back to the Elliptigo 3C where... Yeah, maybe I would try this once or twice and have fun with it. But then after that, I'm going back to my old normal, old-fashioned bike. Interesting. I feel different. I feel like I would uh, enjoy it even more and more. <laughs> you read the outline. Especially the 2019 version. If you look at the link that I sent you, that one, the uh, I can't remember. I can't see what it's called, but uh, that one's really cool. All right. Um, who did we not talk to? Why didn't, no, Pat, because uh, this was sort of a topic for you. Yeah, so even though you brought it up as like, I don't understand things that aren't bikes, uh, to borrow a term from Robbie, I am violently for electric <laughs> bikes. I really, really want one, and I wish they weren't expensive. Um, <laughs> and not because, like, I just want to use the electricity to, like, not have to bike, but, like, where we are, there's a ton of hills. And mm. so it, it's not... It, it's not that I don't want to go up the hill with my own power. It's that it limits how far we're going to go. So yeah. if I could have one of these, then I could go five miles away to um, like the coffee place that's five miles away and be perfectly comfortable. Um, and I think that's kind of what it's for, even though the like the 30 mile limit, I don't think it's for like if you're traveling long distances it's more around town bike so 30 yeah. miles would be plenty for me and mm -hmm. i would just very much enjoy that we have um at the start of where our like neighborhood is at the top of a hill like a really big hill so you go down the hill to start your bike ride but then you get to the hill at the end and it's just the worst thing ever that you have to walk up so that sounds i would enjoy this violently so i, I love picturing <laughs> the idea of pat never pedaling a single pedal on this bike it's going downhill let's go it's going uphill let's squeeze the trigger and go up i like the idea of pat taking the uh the bike down the hill and then getting an uber to get home <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh my son is waking up so i need to wrap up this episode um so before we leave i'd like to whip around real quick and do a a quick instant review what do you guys think about recording two episodes in a row robbie uh, I like it. I think more than two, it might get to be a little exhausting, but two is fine. It was fun. I enjoyed it. Okay. And Wynan? Uh I think this episode's far better than the <laughs> the one we just did, so I'm <laughs> glad we had one under our belt to actually make a good one. One, one to redeem. Yeah, and Pat, what do you think? I agree. I was very tired, and now I'm less <laughs> tired, and so it was better, and two is good, and let's do two. <laughs> All right. Very good. Sounds good. Uh, thank you so much for listening. This was episode number three. We've all committed to doing seven more of these before we close the chapter on season one. Make sure that you subscribe, tell a friend and leave a review wherever you do your podcast listening. Also, we'd like to connect with you online. You can find us on our new Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok accounts at for or against pod. Find us there and catch you next time. Bye. <laughs>